Grab your favorite books, video games, and comic books, because today we're going to list this. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to List This, where we list and you listen. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined by... Cameron. And Jim. And today we're going to be listing top five film adaptations. Film adaptations can be anything from books, video games, comic books, pretty much anything you can take Stories, that's not a movie yeah. and make a movie out of it. Um, even like movies, because we have a lot of like remakes of like older, older movies yeah. that like a lot of people like don't even know were made, you know, before. So adaptation can really be a movie made from anything else. Yeah. Like yeah. not an original story, basically. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. So with that, let's go ahead and dive right in. Uh, we'll start off with number five. Number five. All right. So for my number five, I put it. Okay. I want to say real quick. I love this movie. I put it higher up on my list because I mentioned the title character from it in a different podcast, and Josh did as well. It's uh, Jaws. So I love Jaws as an adaptation. I didn't put it higher up on my list because I want to give some love to some other things. Otherwise, it would have just made my number one that doesn't need to consistently be there. Um, but I've also never read the book, so that's also why it's at my number five. Um, but I do know the differences between them. But I just think it's a great story because it took an idea from this book that was based off of a, a historical account as well, and it turned it into something that terrified a nation and still does. Again, as we talked about, go back to our uh, monster movie monsters episode. We talked about how this still scares people yeah. in like the completely wrong ways because sharks, Her like great whites especially, they actually don't really attack people that often. Uh, it's very rare very that they do. Creatures. Right, we've got like millions of people in the oceans every single year, and we've got like fifty-five attacks like in a year, yeah. maybe. So it's there's not a lot going on with like shark attacks, but Jaws inspired that fear, and it also created horror movies as we know them. Yeah, and I, I mean it's the reason for so many horror movie tropes, but also for some of the greatest things like keeping us in suspense and also moving really really fast and keeping you know giving you that dramatic irony because the audience doesn't like the audience knows what's going on, but then these crowds of people don't. So you know it's. Uh, I have read the book. I had to read it for a class in school, <laughs> and I can say that. <clears throat> excuse me. I uh, I appreciate the adaptation more than the book. They okay. changed some things that were kind of weird, and I know Peter Benchley had some issues with Spielberg changing yep. some of the things in the did. book. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it was le it made it less dramatic in the sense like melodramatic, right? Yeah. Where it's like more focused on the shark drama than it is like the drama that's going on on the, on yeah. the land. I, I still want to know, I want to know what the film would have looked like had the shark not messed up. Because I really don't feel like we would have gotten the film no. that we did. I think we would have had not a whole generation inspired by horror movies. Right. I think it would have just been a typical like horror cheesy movie horror, affair. Yeah. And, it, and you know, you look at Spielberg movies, and he's not really a horror director either. So I can see why, like, the shark messing up would have had to change the entire style. Not to mention the editor and what they had to do with this film. Yeah. So, and I know the whole thing was just skewed. Yeah. controversy and everything but I think it's a great film but we're thankful for it exactly it, right. gave us the I'm so, it gave us the film it gave us countless films that were inspired by it and it also gave us a great board game yeah. so yeah. I, which I'll, we need to play yeah with, not with so Jim. great video game where you eat people to get ID <laughs> cards so you can sneak into military bases <laughs> was that the Jaws Unleashed I think so yeah the PlayStation <laughs> <laughs> 
my number five. Uh, my number five is a movie that I actually fell in love with. It's a World War II movie, so obviously it's right in my alley. Um, it's got Christian Bale in it. Do you guys know what I'm talking about yet? Uh, it's Empire uh, of the Sun. Okay, Empire of the Sun. Yeah. Empire yeah. of the Sun is based off a book. I actually didn't know it was based off a book. And when I started doing my research on it and I saw it pop up on a list, I didn't realize that Christian Bale's oh. character is actually the writer of the book. Oh. He wrote a book oh. about his own experiences in, a, in an internment camp in, uh, in China. Um, and so yeah, it was written by J.G. Ballard about his experiences in, uh, in Shanghai during World War II. Now the, the Japanese took over, uh, you know, the Empire of Japan. And they took all of the British and American citizens that were living in like Indochina and stuff like that and put them in these internment camps, these work camps. And um, it's, it's his story and it's great. It's got Christian Bale. It's got uh, um, John Malkovich, which is in like everything ever made. <laughs> That's really interesting because I also didn't know that Christian Bale was a child actor. Yeah, and yeah he's, so he's, he's amazing. He was handpicked for that film, I know, by Steven Spielberg. He's who, fantastic. It's really funny. He was Christian Bale. You guys know who uh, Ron Atkinson is, right? Yeah. Like Mr. yeah. Uh -huh. so yeah. They were actually both kids at the time, both doing a play, and Steven Spielberg went to go see that play. He loved Christian Bale. He handpicked him to be in that interesting. film. Interesting. Yeah, really, really interesting. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's got uh, Ben Stiller is in it, which is weird. Really? He yeah, was 21. Really yeah. Um, but. Uh, so it was called the, I'm going to butcher this name, but Longhua Civilian Assembly Center. And it was an internment camp for European and American citizens. Yeah. And it just shows like the horror of like, you know, we as Americans took Japanese and put them in internment camps. And it's just that view of like, we're not the only ones that did that. I'm not justifying it by any means, but I'm just saying it kind of shows it from the American side where we yeah. can kind of sympathize with it more yeah you know if we were living over there yeah um, no it's really I've always wanted to see the film I've never seen it it's another Spielberg feature we got yeah. two now in a row yeah, yeah. Uh, don't disappoint Jim uh, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure yeah right but no it's, it's one that I've always wanted to see I've heard yeah. great things about it yeah. yeah it's it's gritty it's it's sad it's happy it's fun it's, yeah. it's everything everything it's like yeah, it's just a, it's a roller coaster ride of emotions <laughs> yeah well and we talk about Spielberg doesn't really do horror movies but he does do war films and yeah. he does them extremely he well them he does well. them better yeah. than anyone else yeah so yeah so, yeah, cool. For my number five, it's not going to be the same uh, film director as you guys, but oh, I, I, do have, I do have a big name film director as my number five pick because I've got Hellboy as my oh, number five oh. pick. Uh, Wait, which one? Guillermo, the first Guillermo del Toro one. The Guillermo del Toro one. Yeah, uh, that one specifically because I obviously, when I first watched it, I had no idea it was an adaptation of, from a comic book, mm -hmm. um, which makes it great because it's, it's its own thing in a way. It didn't hold completely true to the comics, but again, it's its own. It's its own thing. It is, it's raved about by a lot of people. There's not a lot of people I know that like don't like those two movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so that's what makes it even better is that they were their own adaptation and they were good. Yeah, you know, we talked about Hellboy. I don't remember what. what we've we? talked about Hellboy before. I don't remember which podcast it was that we talked about them though. Um, but we briefly brought up Hellboy, I know, at least. Yeah. And one thing I love about Hellboy is, like you said, it's an adaptation. Guillermo del Toro does more to me than just make, than just sticking to an adaptation, though. He proves that you can change it and make it better than what yeah. it was. Because I actually prefer the movies, the two movies, to the comics. I actually think it's more really? interesting. Yeah. I think it's more fun. It's 
There, he adds so much definition to characters. It was your list for movie dads. You put down. Oh, oh yes, yeah. that's right, <laughs> Mr. Broom. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like that they kept the same characters. It's also a great cast too, mm-hmm. because I mean you have Ron Perlman, um, and of course I'm blanking on the guy that played Ape Sapien because he's uh, yeah, very uh, Doug Jones. Yes, he's oh, very famous. You know, very famous for playing that. Yeah. You know those yeah. masked creatures. You know, yeah. yeah, creatures. Because yeah. he was also uh, the Pale Man in Guillermo del Toro's um, Pan's Labyrinth. Yep. yep. He was yeah, also so. uh, Pan in Pan's Labyrinth. He played yeah. both creatures oh, really? yeah. in Pan's Labyrinth. Dude, yep. he is like a fantastic, fantastic yeah. actor. So yeah. you know, and God, I love. I'm so happy you brought up Hellboy because it's not on my list because I already yeah. brought it up in a different podcast. But I do love Hellboy so much, and the second film too. It's really cool because he takes a villain and turns him into a good guy. And that's yeah. one of the yeah. very intriguing things in the yeah. second so, one. It's really it was, good. They're both great movies. I liked them. I do want to see the new one um, just out of curiosity because I know they, they went more with the comics on that one. But, like, I don't know. I just I like the Ron Perlman uh, Hellboy see, a lot. Heard, a lot, a lot, a lot. I've heard they went... We're over time here. But I heard they went yeah. more with the comics. But from the clips I've seen and stuff, it really doesn't look like the comics to me. What it looks like is you take the atmosphere, that dark atmosphere that Guillermo Toros didn't really have... But then you just throw in like really bad jokes, and that's not what Hellboy is to me. Yeah. Especially not the comics. The comics okay. are very silent. Actually, there's not a lot of talking in there. Really? Yeah, I have one. If you haven't read them, they're actually really good. But, <laughs> no. Always read the comics, guys. Yes, always. But yeah, no, that's but yeah. Really... So cool, Hellboy. I'm I'm actually glad that got like it was more well received than I thought that it was going to be. Yeah. To be honest, love Hellboy. So <laughs> moving on to number four. Moving on to number four. Here we go. Number four. All right. Well, I guess I just now realized it's another Spielberg flick. So here we go again. Uh, Jurassic Park. I really, really love Jurassic I Park. Had a that this was is one pop of my up. favorite films of all time. I can still go back and watch it today and enjoy it just as much as I did the first time I ever saw it as a kid. I love the film to death. Um, but it's it's just a really interesting film because Spielberg had rights to it before it was actually even finished. Which I think is really, really interesting. Like the Michael Crichton book? Yeah, he had he knew Michael Crichton, apparently. And he had rights to make the film beforehand. And I love this little... Apparently this is something... I don't know. It's like a rumor. I don't know if it's actually true or not, but I hear it a lot. Uh, James Cameron wanted the rights, and he thought he was going to be able to get the rights, even though Spielberg already had them. And he wanted to throw in, like, aliens into the film and stuff. Like, this really weird thing, because of course he did. Of course did. he did. It's yeah. James Cameron, right? But, I, but Spielberg took it instead, and he made, like, this very... It's grounded in a lot of ways, but it's also just, like, fantastical enough that you can enjoy it from an outside perspective. But I, I love... I love the CGI, which still manages to hold up oh, today, yeah. which I think is incredible because that was yeah. like the first real time they had ever used like actual physical, like structured CGI. Everything before that had never really been that structured. It didn't yeah. look as real, um, so it paved the way for future movies. And now, you know, yeah, we have an plus you have CGIs, like but the massive animatronics that were yeah, also exactly. And, and sometimes you can't tell the difference too between mm-hmm. the animatronics and between what's CGI in that film. And like they used a giant T Rex head. It's just there's so much about the film that I love. I, that, that I just I love it so much. And that yeah. movie made like a lasting impact. Because I was actually just talking to someone about this the other day about this movie, and that roar that we hear from the oh, T Rex yeah. still sends chills like yeah. you know down my spine. Like I. You know, I do enjoy the new Jurassic World movies, and I loved that they threw that in at the end of the first one when, like, you know, the T-Rex was roaring, claiming his, you know, his territory again, and that really gave me chills. And that is attributed to 
That first Jurassic Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I really love it. There's just, there's a lot of, I think what mm-hmm. I love most about the movie, honestly, is I love all the behind the scenes stuff and the way yeah. they made this film because this is a tough film to make in 1993. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is not an easy film at all. And one thing that I love too is the, you know, they have the perfect rings that pop out when the T-Rex is stepping around that yeah. pop out in like water and stuff. So they wanted, Spielberg wanted a consistent one every single time. So they had to figure out how to do this the same way every single time. What they did is they took a guitar string, put it underneath what the cup was sitting on, and they plucked the guitar string. Okay. And it makes that perfect ring every single time. Oh, interesting. And that way it's always exactly the same. Oh. It's really, really interesting. I love, I just love the film. Also a star-studded cast. Yeah, yeah I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, Sam Samuel Neal. L. Jackson. Yeah, yep. right? <clears throat> then you had B.D. Wong, who's an actor. I know him as Dr. Sh- uh, sorry, um, Hugo Strange in uh, Gotham. Mm, okay. Hugo Strange. okay. So, plus they're both Newman. interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, Newman. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a really good film. It's a really fun adaptation. It is thing. great, yeah. yeah. And that, not, I don't think a lot of people realize that that one's an adaptation either. No, I think a lot of people... I think it's kind of been lost, I feel yeah, like, that it's an yeah. adaptation. The book has been lost. I mean, yeah. I feel like if you see the book in a store, <laughs> people now are going to think world. that, oh, they wrote a novel based off of the film, which yeah, is not... not poor Christ, because no. that's not how that works. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, my gosh. number four... Uh, Cameron, I'm gonna fight you for it because it's gonna be Fight Club. Oh my god! But we don't I, talk about Fight Club, no, so let's move I, on. To <laughs> I thought about putting that on my list actually too because that was that I was figured that was film. somewhere. I, I put Fight Club on there because I like the chemistry between Ed Norton and Brad Pitt. Yeah. Um, I like like the the twist. Right, it's been. 20 years now yeah, so yeah, I think we can talk okay. about um, but yeah just the fact that you know Tyler Durden is his like subconscious yeah. or his yeah. invisible you know invisible friend or um, and I just like the I like the shooting style I like all of it yeah. I like the um, the cast in general Helena Bob Carter is, yeah is good yeah um, I do love the scene where Ed Norton is basically fighting himself in the parking lot because like he's essentially fighting, you know, Brad Pitt's character. Yeah. And but nobody else like obviously everyone else from the outside sees it. And so yeah, it just that was one of my favorite scenes is when the his boss is talking to him and he just starts beating the crap out of himself and he's gonna blackmail <laughs> his boss, saying he beat him up, so he's like throwing himself into yeah. glass tables and Yeah, it was a good movie. That was a really, really good movie. Here's the fun thing for me. I can't talk about Fight Club. So I've never seen Fight Club. Oh really? So as a Did we actually student, spoil I stuff for you? Oh, I <laughs> okay, I already knew about. Wait a minute. <laughs> Can I? Whoa! I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cover your ears, everyone. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I usually try to be quiet with my sneezes, but, <laughs> but I've never seen Fight Club. Mm-hmm. I have seen scenes from it because they use it as examples in film school yeah. pretty consistently. But and I already knew what the whole story was, which yeah. I think is also part of why I haven't seen it. Because you don't feel the need to. I don't. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. it's kind of. I mean, like, that's fair. It's kind of like that thing where some people haven't seen Sixth Sense because they know what the twist at the end of Sixth Sense is. But yeah, because I, mean, I can't really say much on this one. It is. It is low on my list for that reason because I don't know how many times I would go back and I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I love it. I'm gonna watch it every time. Yeah, I probably yeah, yeah, watch yeah. Empire of the Sun more times than that, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. But um, but I just like um. I'm sorry if I butcher his name, but Chuck, Chuck Palinyuk, or whatever the, the author of the the book, and then David Fincher directing. You know, he just does great work. He did uh, Seven, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. David Fincher. Yeah. I mean, he's amazing. Yeah. We're we're talking about someone who's done some of the most incredible. Because he did Zodiac. He did Seven. Yeah. Uh, he did. He's done a whole bunch of things. Yeah. yeah. Gone so. Girl. Yeah. So. Cool. 
I like that one. I like that pick a lot. Um, for my number four, um, I'm gonna go with Stand By Me. Um, right. Stephen All King. Right. You know, which I, I love that like he was part of this adaptation because I feel like a lot of adaptations, like the books or like what the the movie is being added like, you know, adapted from gets lost like we talked about with Jurassic Park and we don't get a lot of credit you know we, we don't see a lot of credit for the ori- original yeah. creator of the story um, and so this is one of those examples where the original creator of the story was actually able to partake in the making of the movie plus it was something different that we've seen from like Stephen King Stephen King is the king of horror you know he's you know one of the most famous like horror writers everyone knows him everyone knows a story by him at least but then we see something like Stand By Me which is a fantastic coming of age tale. Um, you know, it's fun to watch these boys go on this little, you know, this little adventure. It's you know, seemingly innocent, innocent adventure. You know, it's also fun to see like that time period of like where you can't just go out and venture yeah. like that as a child because we can't do that anymore. You can't just really go out and run and you know go run down the woods, go check out a dead body, you know, <laughs> something like that. Yes. Because like, that's, that's what they were going to do. They were going to look at a dead body. Like, you, know, you guys so, want to see a dead body? Yeah, so um, I did I did really enjoy that movie a lot. Um, I also love that, like, Will Wheaton was in it yeah. for some reason. I don't know yeah. why I like that. Um, but it had a pretty good cast as well because you had Jerry O'Connell, um, who eventually went on to be, um, you know, we know him in, like, the kangaroo was it the kangaroo movie? Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, yeah. I know him yeah. from. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, what was um, you know Corey Swingers or something. Yeah, was, you yeah, know Corey Feldman, um, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. I didn't know he was married to Rebecca Romaine. I learned something today. I yeah. So, but like <laughs> you know, anyways, so fun, you know, good cast, fun movie. Good, it's a comedic. You know, it's like it's almost a comedic drama, in a way. Um, just because there are some dark elements to it, these these boys are learning a lot about themselves. They're learning a lot about the world. They're you know you know it's it's like a coming of age film in the same vein as it. Just it takes on more of a horror role. Yeah. And actually, they both exist in the same universe, not far from each other. Actually, oh, because in the book, I didn't know. Uh, the book, the Losers Club, actually shows up. I think briefly, if I remember right. If it is, I think it's in Stand by Me that they show up very very briefly. But yeah. all of Stephen King's worlds are connected technically. Yeah. Um, even Dark Tower is actually connected to it like, directly, which I think is really really interesting. Huh. So there's a whole bunch of weird things like that. But I think it's interesting because it's like a non horror take on what he did with it. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, I mean, it was a good adaptation of his, yeah. you know. Uh, by the way, the movie I was thinking of was Tomcats, the Jerry O'Connell movie. Okay. Uh, in case okay. anybody's going to correct me on that. Yeah. I got to uh, find out what the, yeah, they, the, they, they, they were pulling out their pitchforks, Josh. Yeah, I they know. were waiting for uh, it. <laughs> keep it to Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the cast right now. You got Will Wheaton, Corey Feldman, Kiefer Sutherland, Richard Dreyfus, John Cusack. Yeah, like, oh, Kangaroo so Jack. That was the movie was, I was thinking yeah. of that I saw him in. <laughs> so, yeah, good, good solid choice. Yeah, good choice. All right, moving us into number three, then. Number three. You both kind of went into this very nicely because you were talking about David Fincher and you were talking about a writer that actually gets to work on their own film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gone Girl is one of those. Gillian Flynn wrote the screenplay. Yeah. David Fincher directed it. It's an amazing film. It's incredibly dark, really incredibly twisted, and uh, my girlfriend read the book. I have still haven't read that one. I've read. Uh, I read, I think it's Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn. I, she's a really, really strong writer. Uh, she makes kind of these twisted worlds 
where the characters are really just like every character is just kind of not so great they like there's a there's a main protagonist but that doesn't make them like a good guy yeah. or anything like that and Gone Girl is one of those instances um, Ben Affleck plays the main protagonist very very well uh, yeah, we talked about him. the actress yeah. that played Josh Rose, Pulitzer, Rosamund Pike yes Rosamund Pike yeah. uh, so she plays the basically the antagonist but she is so crazy she's insane in <laughs> yeah. that film and it's just it the film does such a good job of direction and writing and building this atmosphere that just makes you feel so uncomfortable no matter whose side you on like you're on like you think you're on her side and like he had to have killed her or whatever but then like you're going into it and you're like okay maybe he didn't and then like you find out later what happens and it's just the film is just so dark and twisted yeah. honestly and it's really fun all the way until the end and the end leaves you wanting more but at the same time wanting to be completely done with both characters and that's kind of what I think is so important about like how they made the film. Yeah, yeah, that's one I've never got around to checking out because I, you know, I always like saw the book title because you know, like I, like working in the book section at Target and stuff, you know, I was able to see that one come up quite a bit. Um, and I never actually knew what it was, and then I started hearing stuff about the movie, and I was just like, I was completely taken aback, and I can yeah. see how all the characters have their dark past. Yeah. Um, nobody is a good guy. Nobody is like the you know. Yeah, it's it's dark, twisted. It shows humans at their worst, yeah. and like what like people that are actually like losing their minds can do. Yeah, and it ruins other people's lives. There's, I mean, it's just gruesome too. Yeah, it's a really really dark story. That. I don't really want to give away too much about it because if you haven't seen it, <laughs> if you haven't read it, like go do one or the other because it's just it's a really really interesting story. It's a really fascinating story yeah. to watch. Yeah. Uh, my number three needs no introduction. Uh, it's gonna be Jaws. There we go. Um, yeah, figured it'd be on your yeah, list. I mean, yeah, it had to be on there. Uh, we pretty much went over most of the stuff with your, with your choice. Um, it's it's a great adaptation. Like I said before, it's I having read the book and having seen the movie, um, read the book once, having seen the movie, probably like a hundred times. Yeah. Um. I appreciate the stuff that Spielberg got changed in order to kind of streamline the story and focus it on a more yeah. uh, a more entertaining <clears throat> visually story than yeah. like an emotional yeah um, emotional story. So, I mean, I don't have much else to say about yeah. it other than that. We pretty <laughs> much covered it. But yeah, Jaws had to make my list. It's going to be my number three. Um, it was higher, but I felt like once the you started thing. once you started kind of mentioning it. It's like, you know what, I think um, it's my top movie, but I don't know that it's my top adaptation. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I think yeah. there's definitely some out there that are worth mentioning as well. But I mean, like, it's, it's interesting to, like, find out because before today, I never knew that Jaws was an adaptation. Yeah. Uh-huh. I yeah. never knew that. I never knew that. I always thought it was his own standalone story that was created. I mean, it kind of was in a way, but, like, there's, yeah. there's inspiration behind it. Yeah, you know, well, because they yeah, took it the, from a book. Like. So the movie follows the book pretty closely. There's just okay. a few like change, major change. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. change. There's like relationships that happen in the movie that change. Yeah, in the mo- yeah, like, or in the book. But movie. it's another good yeah. example of like taking a story and kind of making it your own in yeah. a way, and it's still being <laughs> even fantastic. if the author is not very happy about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's unfortunate. 
you know. I mean, he's probably not upset now. Oh, I'm sure he has, like, I'm sure he has, like, some rights, yeah. Yeah, I, I do think, I will say one more thing, I guess. One thing that's funny about Jaws is some films, they can become, they can be great films, but then have more films made after them, and then people just don't care about them anymore. Jaws is, like, almost standalone from its from the rest yeah. of its franchise, yeah, yeah. which yeah. I think yeah, is really funny. Don't people don't ever connect the fact that there's four films in that franchise. Yeah. I mean, it's not a small nobody, franchise like, at all. Nobody knows yeah. about the other ones, really. No, like, really. like, Jaws and Jaws 2 are pretty good. Jaws 3 and Jaws 3D. Jaws 3D is some of the worst <laughs> shark in yeah. a movie that yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Like, I'd rather watch Deep Blue Sea. I don't think I've ever seen it. Day. I don't think I'll can ever see it. Can we mention, like, the fact that, like, Back to the Future makes a reference to, like, Jaws, and they're still making Jaws movies, yeah, like, like Jaws in the future. Or whatever, yeah. yeah, and it's, like, a 3D, like, shark coming out of the thing. Yeah, so just, <laughs> I had to throw that in there, but... Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's a great film. Yeah, uh, that's that's funny that you mentioned Jaws as your number three because my number three pick is not Jaws; it's The Lion King. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I just, they have Jaws. That's yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to. Yeah. So, but anyways, I went with The Lion King because I don't think a lot of people realize that like it's you know it's kind of a Hamlet esque story. You yeah. know, like so I don't know if a lot of people like think about Lion King as being some sort of adaptation, but it really is. It's kind of. The story again made into it, its own different way. Um, plus, it's a fan favorite. I mean, I, I grew up watching The Lion King. I still watch it. I still love it. I am excited for the new one that's coming out. I have to say, I don't know how many people are. I know a lot of people are, but you know, that's besides the point. I have recently become old, and I've started watching like the local news. Yeah, <laughs> and um, the the guy on the the news said that. Uh, the the live action or CGI or whatever yeah, yeah, the yeah, new Lion King yeah the new Lion King the live is, action is uh, is disappointing in the sense that nothing changes from the animated movie like it's the exact same movie as the animated one yeah. except you see these real animals which is weird yeah right? see so, and I, and I differ a little bit that way because I'm excited to well, see just this wait. one yeah, 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 I'm, I'm, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. actually excited yeah, yeah. to see okay no I'm sorry I'm it? sorry yeah go ahead. No, 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 that's it. I'm just saying, yeah. I'm excited to see your opinion because you feel that way. Yeah. yeah. Because you... I feel like you might get into the theater and be like, it's weird to see uh, Pumbaa as like an actual, actual warthog. Yeah. It's also really weird as a Seth Rogen, I think, that's playing him. It Have is. you guys seen the clips of yeah. their mouths moving when they talk? No. Um, I didn't really it's pay that much attention great. to it. It's not great. Really? It's really odd and to see, watch. It's like, it's like watching Beverly Hills Chihuahua yeah. all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm hoping for something, you know, I'm hoping to be surprised because... Yeah. A lot of times we see trailers and we see clips and we see stuff like that are edited differently. You know what I yeah. mean? So I'm I'm still curious to see. I'm still wanting to see it. Um, I see that you pulled I've up. I pulled up something here yeah. that they're looking at. I wanted to mention, so you say that it's an adaptation. It's also a stolen adaptation. I want to bring this up. It was stolen from a Japanese manga series that was turned into an animated feature as well before Lion King was ever made. So it's called uh, Kimba the White Lion. It's yeah. got pretty much the exact same plot. I don't really need to go into the plot because it's almost exactly the same. Um, it, Lion King is one of my favorite films of all time. It is unfortunate that it is very, very stolen, though. One of Disney's best films is taken from an old Japanese film, and they just didn't credit it or yeah. anything like that. But it is actually an adaptation of it, technically. Um, it's one of those situations where, like we've talked about, like we talked about Hunger Games and Battle Royale before, where she's like, I've never heard of it. That's kind of what Disney pulled with you this. Could, I mean, so Cameron and I went to film school. You could make the argument that, they've made the argument that Star Wars is a stolen idea as well, where they stole it from an old, old Japanese film where it's basically the same thing. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are stolen. I... 
Go ahead. Yeah, okay, I was going to say, I can agree with that, but see, that's the difference in, like, making similar styled movies, whereas this one is about a lion, his father's killed, right. and then he has to come back as this giant maned lion who then has to take back his kingdom from an evil person. And he's standing on what looks like And he's standing rock. on yeah. literally the same exact rock. There's <laughs> animals that are following him. It's literally... Yeah. The, this one is one where it's not just that they had a similar idea. Because like you said, Hamlet. Like, this is an adaptation yeah, of actually, Hamlet as well. And I, I actually need to make a correction about that. I think it's more similar to Macbeth than it is oh, to Oh, yeah, Hamlet. that's right. Yeah, yes. it is Macbeth. So I, yes. I want I to right. rectify that. Um, I meant <laughs> it's supposed to be Macbeth. But, you know Hold what? Twitter, people. Besides... <laughs> You know what, besides the fact that, like, because we see that kind of stuff happen all the time, where, like, I'm more making this an adaptation out of, like, a Shakespearean story. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Less so than it being... I mean, being... that's fair, but we still, I still think it's fair. I th- still think it's... Worth mentioning. Needs to be mentioned. That, yeah. yeah. No, and, yeah, and, I, and I agree. I, I didn't agree. know that. No, I didn't Lion either. King is also one of my favorite Disney movies. Yeah, yeah. it's still one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's, what's even funnier about that movie, I'm going to throw in, I know we're like way over time in this one, but I want to throw in one quick thing that that was not supposed to be a successful movie. Okay. For the record. When it was made, they were having so many struggles. I think Disney was actually getting ready to go bankrupt at the time. They were making another project that was supposed to be their big life-saving project and like Lion King was a secondary one it, it was low budget was and it, it wasn't supposed to be I don't remember but it wasn't <laughs> supposed to be a successful movie so but it became cool. one of their biggest hits which is also interesting anyways so cool all right moving on moving on to we go on to number, number two number two all right yeah so uh this is another one of my favorite films um, of all time my number two pick is silence of the lambs okay. okay so i love silence of the lambs um it is an adaptation from a book that i believe is by the same name as well i believe yeah. it's also called silence of the lambs uh but it's from the hannibal series uh but it's a really really interesting movie because there is actually an adaptation that came before called manhunter i believe and that is an adaptation of red dragon uh, which is which actually comes before Silence of the Lambs, but that is not included in this franchise. They eventually remade Red Dragon and of the they made a movie of the same name uh, with Edward Norton, and that is actually a much better film in my opinion than Manhunter is. Uh, but this one's really interesting because instead of going and remaking Manhunter right off the bat, they decided to re they just decided to make the second film and just have it not connect to the other one yeah. that had already been previously made. But this film is so amazing because of all the input from the artistic people in it. Um, so Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins, and then I can't remember the actual director's name right now. Uh, uh, I will look it up for you. But they all have they all have directorial backgrounds too. So they all kind of gave their input, and it's what made this film so interesting and so unique. They were able to avoid a lot of tropes and cliches by this input from different actors. And not to mention, it also Anthony Hopkins has some of the least amount of screen time um, for like an Oscar nominated. But yeah, he's role. like the most known. He's, yeah, he's the most well known like, part of it. But he's yeah. not even the main antagonist in it. Oh. He's really just a character yeah. in it. He doesn't become an antagonist until Hannibal, which is not worth watching. But <laughs> but I think this movie is really really good because it takes the tone of the novel and like this really dark twisted idea, and it really just makes you watch it from this perspective where you're trapped. The movie uses um, eyeline a lot, like going to like a film perspective. It forces you to look at their eyes constantly. They're always right there where you're going to be looking on screen. So you're almost just always embroiled in the plot just with Jodie Foster's character because you're always staring at everyone's eyes and it just makes you feel like you're trapped in the cell and this world where the killer could be around in the corner at any minute. I just think it does such a great job. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Dem was the... Okay. Demi yeah. uh, was the director. He also did Manchurian Candidate... 
Okay. And um, there was another. Oh, Philadelphia with Tom Hanks. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a really, really solid film. Uh, it's unfortunate that Hannibal didn't turn out great. Everyone kind of dropped out of it. Actually, even Anthony Hopkins dropped out originally. Uh, they had to kind of like beg him to come back <laughs> because he would have been the only piece remaining of that. Um, but Jodie Foster dropped out. Uh, the second film was not great, but it was actually written for, like the book was written so that they could make a film. Um, so that's also considered to be one of the reasons why it's not great. And they got multiple drafts from the writer over and over and it just never worked out. But Silence of the Lambs is forever, it's another horror staple. And I think it builds a lot of inspiration for horror movies that we see now in terms yeah. of how they shoot it. Um, but yeah, it's just a really, really fun film in a weird way. Hmm. Yeah. Fun fact about Anthony Hopkins. Did you know that he wrote uh, like a symphony? He wrote a waltz? Wow, really no, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that's really I mean, that kind of just adds to the creepiness of Hannibal Lecter, like yeah. as a yeah. character. <laughs> Fun fact about Anthony Hopkins, he's also kind of just an insane person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like his, his daily life, he's actually just kind of really, really odd and strange here. Which is kind of yeah. cool, yeah. And it fits into Hannibal It's the way Lecter. to live. Yeah. <laughs> but I really, really love the film. Uh, my number two is going to be, so I guess I'll be the one to bring the lighthearted, like, fun thing. I guess Lion King is fun. Yeah, but, I mean, um, yeah, watch it. It was supposed to be until hilarious. Cameron was... Yeah. <laughs> You're going to appreciate my number two, Cameron. Okay. My number two is Mortal Kombat. Yes. All right. So I put Mortal Kombat as my number two because I was a young kid growing up, and I used to act the movie out in my living room, <laughs> and it was a fun time. And for a movie that's not, and so just want to clarify, we're not talking about Mortal Kombat Annihilation. No, we're talking no. about the original Mortal Kombat. Um, it was a fun film. It's it's everything you want from like yeah. an action fighting film for that time. Uh, yeah, that really is. And I think they did the characters justice. You know, Sub Zero was fun to watch. Scorpion was fun to watch. Yeah, Raiden was especially there. for the speed of the games <laughs> at the time. Yeah, Raiden was always there. Just, <laughs> he's just there. Yeah. Yeah. You guys remember I could do lightning? Yeah. Yes, Raiden. I have to appreciate though lightning. that like that we have a video game movie yeah. adaptation on here. I'm glad to see that we went in that direction. I was really kind of hoping to see something like that on one of our lists. Um, so I love that you put Mortal Kombat because it does bring so many beloved characters yeah. like on the screen and to see like you know what every kid was doing while they were like playing the game was like portraying these yeah. characters or like you yeah. know like giving these characters their own like voices mm -hmm. and like you know acting and stuff like that and to see that something like that come to life on screen and is I, really awesome to see. And I think it's it's fun because it's um, it's a good story. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's fun and. and Aside from Annihilation, which they did a terrible job, they forced too many characters into that movie. I think that they had a good amount of characters in the first Mortal Kombat. Like, it wasn't yeah. character overload. No, I'd say it's a fair amount of characters. Yeah. Like, even they kind of they kind of shoehorn in Lizard at the end, but they do a good job of putting him in at the end. The reptile lizard yeah, thing? Okay, yeah, yeah. They, he's briefly in it. They show off his abilities, then he goes down and it's yeah. over. But even, like, the forearm dude whose name is escaping Goro. right now. Goro. Yeah, yeah, they do a great job of him, especially since it's, like, this weird stop motion. But for the yeah. 90s, I mean, we're talking about well, this movie came out in 92, 93, something like that. 95. 95? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah Mid-90s. So, yeah, I mean, it's for that time, like, Jurassic Park had just been made two years earlier, so CGI mm -hmm. was not really still super accessible. So they do a pretty solid job considering those things. Yeah. And I know people, there's actors that are in that, like, um, uh, Terry Ga uh, Tagawa who played Shang Tsung, is recognizable. I've recognized him in other stuff I was just because I saw him in Mortal Kombat. I was just going to say that, like, Bridget Wilson mm -hmm. is one that's coming up. Like, I recognize yeah. her from Billy Madison. That's yep. funny, yeah. So, and I had no idea she was in 
Because she played... I think she also played Sonya in Annihilation, too, didn't she? Not that we'd, like... I know we don't talk about that one, but, like, you know what? I'm going to say it. Um, she didn't. She didn't, but I recognize her from Billy yeah, Madison. I, was say, was I think they just... I think uh, Robin Shu was... Um, uh, Luke Hang, and I think he was like the only one that actually went yeah. back to the second movie because everybody so. else was like. But yeah, no, I, I appreciate I appreciate that one. You put that one on our list. So awesome! So I actually just made a last minute change. I swapped around my number two and my number one. So my number two pick is going to be uh, The Martian. If okay. anybody knows that, it's Matt Damon. Um, I did read the book before I watched the movie, and I don't remember if the movie is what sparked me to want to read the book. Um, but I remember seeing that one, wanting to read it, and I, like, I ended up reading a fantastic book. Um, the book was amazing. I loved it so much. I highly recommend it to anybody who wants a good sci-fi uh, kind of a. It, it's kind. Of, it's got some comedy elements because of the character, um, the main character of the story. Um, but it's got darker undertones and stuff like that because he's essentially stuck on Mars. He was left behind on Mars. Um, I think the movie did a fantastic job of you know like adapting the book into in on the film um there was i do have one thing they did leave out one exciting part that was in the book but it's the rest of the movie was good enough to you know to overcome that so like yeah, yeah. i i love the way i think the character portrayal was fantastic i think the the picks for the actors was fantastic you know because matt damon wonderfully played the the lead role um in i that. think those movies are interesting uh because they put the brunt of the movie on one person, right? If you have those solo movies, like, I guess Gravity had two, but you have two people in one spot, and you're focused on those two people. So you have Buried with Ryan Reynolds, where it's literally just him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting, because this movie is actually not just on one person. Because right, he's so still communicating with... the movie. Yeah, no, that's right. He's still communicating. He's the only one on Mars, and he has times where he can communicate, because he's... He is a botanic... Uh, like a... was a botanist? Yeah, he's... Well, he's a... What is the word for that? It's not botanist. It's yeah. It's whatever but Alec anyways, Holland is from Swamp Thing. But yeah. Name but yeah. Whatever the name of it is. Um, but anyway, so he, but like he Plant is biology. incredibly, yeah. Basically, he's incredibly smart. So he's actually able to figure out a way to contact home, and so he's communicating with people who are at home trying to figure out how to get him back. You know. Plus, we also have another crew that's on a ship that's going to be the trajectories is close enough to where they can make a slight adjustment to go basically pick him up and bring him home. Yeah. So, like, it's not just Matt Damon. It's not just the one character, but everybody that's part of there is... Yeah, the brunt of the film is on him, for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, Uh, definitely. No, I agree. It's all on him. I... So, I really, really liked The Martian. Saw it twice in theaters. I saw it one more time after it came out. um, After it came out of theaters. Uh, I think it's a really, really good film. There are a couple of things I didn't like as much. Yeah, uh, it did. It did lag partially through the movie, uh, and then I didn't really love the endings. I didn't feel like they earned it. I think the ending was just let's make that's sure where, everyone's smiling. As that's where the it kind of gets to like because there was a part towards the end that was very high intense in the book, and they left it out in the movie. Yeah. But again, it was one of those where it's like it was disappointing that it wasn't there, but I still love the movie and I recommend the movie. Yeah. No, it's definitely a good film. If you've ever seen something like Moon and you like that, like it's a film a film in the similar vein so i would definitely recommend watching it but i would definitely recommend watching martian i've never seen martian but i would even recommend watching that over uh downsizing <laughs> because that was not <laughs> I, yeah i still heard, i've heard downsizing was not as good as it could have been it's an interesting concept yeah but i, oh, I don't had, think they did it you had kate mara in that one um 
I don't know how to pronounce. I know you said it the other day. Chuetel uh, Eljafor. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that Elgifor? one. Jeff Daniels, uh, Michael Pena, Donald Glover. Like you know, it's pretty. pretty cast, yeah. yeah, pretty yeah. star-studded cast. So Sean Dean. Excellent. All right. So moving yeah. into our number one then. Yeah. yeah. Number one. Let's do it. All right. So for my number one, uh, I really really love the book. I really really love the author of the book. I really really love the movie. And the director, the soundtrack. I love everything about this. Watchmen is my number one adaptation. Yeah. I think it is one of the closest adaptations I've ever seen to um, to a book. And one of the most important things for me is not only is it close, like in terms of like we're seeing actual shots that are literal panels, and that was their concept art. Is they just took panels out of the comic and they're like we're gonna do this and that's just what they did yeah. and it's it's done so beautifully color wise music wise he's using the same music that's mentioned in the book which i think is really um really really great and on top of all of that he does change the ending but i actually think the ending of the movie is better than the ending of the comic book it makes more sense and i think that's what i really really love is we talked about Guillermo del toro being able to adapt something and change yeah. it and being really really good at changing the story and still making it it, it like still making it worthy of the book and i think snyder did that with watchmen i think the ending of the movie yeah it's basically the same idea he just does it slightly differently and he does it in a way that i think adds more tension to the rest of the atmosphere in the world that we're seeing and just the, the fact that he was able to tell this monumental story he had to leave out bits and pieces of what's in the comic because you have to but the fact that he's able to tell this huge story in like a like just under three hour time frame where if you watch the unrated version it is three hours but it's just so well done yeah and the, the actors are perfectly cast there's not a single bad person cast in that film the story is perfectly paced i mean it's just there's so much to love about it yeah. honestly and the opening fight scene is played to a nat king cole song which is one of the best ways to do a fight scene i've ever seen yeah yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't know it was like a DC comic before I watched the movie. I didn't either. I wasn't into DC then, but I still enjoyed it. I like Rorschach. I like yep. uh, Comedian. I mean, I like all the actors. Mm, yeah. And it was a good story. Well, and then of course, uh, what, was, what was his name? Patrick something. He, yeah. He's playing Orm. He played and Orm the, in Aquaman. The Conjuring. And, and yeah. he's also in The Conjuring. And he's just, he's a phenomenal actor. Anyway, this is one of like the first things I ever saw him in. And I, I've loved him. Patrick Wilson, that's his name. I, I've loved him ever since. But I just... There's so much to love about the film, and I know it got some backlash from people. I know it's also considered an underrated hero film now because people kind of just gave it backlash for no reason. Um, but huh. regardless of what people want to say, I've read the comic too. I know some people say it's too far from it. I think it's extremely close to the comic. So you I have, forgot that Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, was I was gonna say it. so. Yep. Malin Akerman and right. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. yeah, it's got some big actors in it. Yeah. Uh, the guy who played Rorschach, he also got the role of Freddy Krueger because of his role in Watchmen. Like they didn't even audition him. Like they just oh really? Him. Yeah, interesting. So it, it, yeah, it's just awesome. a really good film. It's really dark. It's really interesting to watch a group of anti-heroes that really you shouldn't be rooting for, but you are. It's just really fun. Yeah, it's huh. really good. That's interesting. Cool. I need to go back and rewatch that movie because I think I watched it once, um, and unfortunately, I don't remember a lot about it. Uh, but it has been on my list of movies to go back and rewatch now that I'm like a much different person now. Uh, I have the I director's cut if you want to watch that one. I'm not surprised. Better version of it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a great <laughs> version. I think I have both versions of it. Yeah. But, so. Cool. My number one is going to be a series, and I think you might guys might know where I'm going with this. Uh, it's going to be Harry Potter. Yeah, it's gonna be the Harry Potter series. 
Um, Again, I'm not smirking, surprised. So I'm yeah, not, I'm not surprised. Um, I think it's a good pick. I I don't know, man. I grew up, so I only I only recently got into the books over the past like five or five years or so yeah. or whatever. But I just felt like the movies do well. They did leave stuff out. They did leave. You almost have to sometimes with movies in the books because you can put more on a page than you can onto a screen. I so. mean, yeah, and I mean, I see like there was a ghost in the first one that they left out it was Peeves or whatever, and he was just like a mischievous ghost, and I guess it didn't really fit into the movie. It was just just kind of like a like an off the wall joke that didn't. Yeah. I can see why they left. Yeah, it out. yeah, um, but. I like the series because it starts off like kind of innocent. It's just this kid going to school to learn magic and all the stuff. And then throughout the series, people start dying and it gets darker and, and yeah. darker and darker and a little more like adulty kind of because the kids are growing she, up too. Yeah, she or yeah, she organized it to where you grow up with these characters. Yeah. And so you develop this relationship with these characters and then you um, I don't know. Yeah, I just think it's it's fun. I'm a Potterhead. What can I say? Yeah, I uh, I do enjoy. I didn't like. I watched. I think only read up to the fourth book, because um, it was one of my mom and I used to read growing up. Um, I watched up to the fourth movie, and just recently I watched through all of them because my girlfriend's way into Harry Potter as well. Um, and I did enjoy the movies a lot. I thought they were pretty engaging. Um, and, you know, plus it's just satisfying to watch some stuff from from my childhood while watching some like the newer stuff. Um, and I think it's a good way to bring in fans who enjoyed the book because I hear a lot of people that enjoyed the book also really enjoyed the movies. It's also a good way to bring in people who don't generally read the books and you know like can still find enjoyment from just the movies themselves. Cameron, what do you have? You have had a smirk on your face the <laughs> yeah. whole time. So people that know me pretty well usually know I don't really like Harry Potter all that much. Uh, let me backtrack with that though. I and we're over time, but I don't, I don't care. Uh, so <laughs> you guys asked, all right? But um, so the thing with Harry Potter for me is, I actually grew up reading the books. Read them really, really young when they first started coming out. Um, but I started with the movies, and then even as I was younger, I kind of got tired of it. Every single movie, like the movies, are a fine adaptation. It's not on my dishonorable because they do a fine job adapting it. Honestly, they do. So it's not on my dishonorable, but it. It just it's always the same thing. Every movie's exactly the same. You hired a teacher who's secretly working for Voldemort for some reason. Voldemort still won't kill the child. Like, I mean, there's just a lot of things that I feel like I, I don't know. I just yeah. it, it's also it's a it's a story of conveniences where they come in and suddenly they have something that's very helpful that they didn't have in the last book that would have been very helpful, but then they don't have it in the next one when it would be very helpful. <laughs> and that's that's kind of what I... I don't know. There's just a lot of aspects. I'm just not a huge Harry Potter guy. I'm really not. And then Fantastic Beasts is a longer script than it's based off of or for the book. Cause it looks well, like she's pages. making the books as she's like as they're doing the movies. Well, Fantastic Beasts, there isn't an actual book. That's based off of a like walkthrough of like the world, basically. Yeah. So it's, it's based off of like a um, journal entry. Um, and they're kind of making that up as they go. She also got credit for writing uh, the newest, the what is it, the Cursed Child. Child. She didn't write that. That's a play written by yeah. someone else. It's based off of her world. Yeah. She didn't write um, it. I think but, there's way more that goes into some of the Harry Potter stuff. Um, but that is a discussion that we yeah, should no, probably I have could after. Have, I could have afterwards. Whole, but we yeah. were just talking about possibly doing like a whole section on why we argue, like arguing about something. Yeah, yeah. This, this would be could a be good one. Yeah. I would definitely be willing to. That, so, that's just my thing. I just yeah, no. there's also a weird thing where like every I will it is my number one, but I will say it's weird that 
Harry Potter just messes things up in every movie, and Dumbledore is like, you messed everything up, but you fixed it. 50 points to the Gryffindor. Yeah, yeah. No, and, that's, and that's a very popular joke in just every yeah. community, is that, like, Gryffindor gets all the points for just the, the like, you know, the, the crap that they go through and they yeah. cause. And I also want to say that Rowling herself has ruined them for me with the way she acts on Twitter, where she throws in random things that are now canon because she wants to throw them yeah, in. Yeah, she's, she's going a little nuts. nuts. I, I, yeah. I agree that I think she might be My going personal favorite is stuff. Hogwarts didn't originally have bathrooms. They had a spell to get rid of uh, going <laughs> uh, to the bathroom. Yeah, it's literally that's, that's, is that's, a canon thing now. That's conversations for There's conversations one, for so. thing. But moving on. But, yeah, 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 good choice. I think that's... It was, it was a good, good discussion. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad that you had that one on your list. I appreciate that you're gonna. I had a feeling you were gonna, and I love that you did. I respect the choice. Yeah, just not like that. So <laughs> my my number one pick. You were talking about having the lighthearted one. Here's my lighthearted pick for number, my number one is gonna be Treasure Planet. Hey. Yeah. So okay. I think uh, that was my switch between um, Martian and Treasure Planet. I had to put Treasure Planet as my number one as I was thinking about it more because I I think it's a fantastic movie. It's a fantastic story that they took and they really went off in a, I don't want to say off in a different direction with it, because they kept the same bones of the story. They just upped it because they put it onto a planet in a completely different world, you know, but the characters were fun, you're, you know, like you're rooting for... So I've never seen it, is it like Atlantis in space? No, it's, uh, it's Treasure Island in space. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the little treasure island. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a really really strong film. It's one of those things where I keep hearing people are asking why are we not getting a live action version no. of it? I don't know. I do. I, I would love a live action I, version. I you know. I got I gotta say I don't want that because this movie is just I don't know this it, this is what it is. I like, think I think you would need the right director. But well, of course. Like I'm looking at like like if they they got Guy Ritchie for Aladdin. If Guy Ritchie did something like Treasure Planet, I would I would love it. Okay. So so, yeah, so, so it matters movie. with the director, yeah. I think. So, but it, it I mean it's a fantastic. I highly recommend really watching it. It holds up so well because um, I think that one. Was, oh, 2002. So I mean it's not even yeah, you know it's, it's it's older. I mean we're talking 17 yeah. years old now. I so. but I now just I didn't realize that that was Joseph Gordon Levitt. I did not and know that. that. Yeah, that's really yeah. Interesting. Uh, Martin Short, David Hyde Pierce. Um, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's one. Another star-studded cast. Like, yeah. But it's so surprising to find out. But it's such a fun movie because again, you're rooting for, you know, characters who you're not always supposed to be rooting for, and you find out later that like, yeah. you know, I mean, if you know the story of like, you know, Treasure Island, then you're gonna know the story of Treasure Planet. I just think it's fun the way that they did it. They put it on. Yeah, and, I, and I've read Treasure Island too, and it's a great uh, Treasure Planet. is a great adaptation. It's a really cool way to be inventive with a story that had already been made in yeah. the movie and stuff. So they decided to redo it in their own way and make yeah. it more modern. Yeah, and I, I think it's really really cool. I, I totally wouldn't mind a live action. I don't. I think apparently that's another thing we could fight about. Yeah, is, yeah. Like, I don't know. There's somewhere I'm like you know. But but the, with that being said, I think if they were to do it again, I would still definitely go watch it, and I would have an excitement for it because I love this movie so much. It's been a movie that's been on the back of my mind quite often lately because I've been wanting to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. So yeah, that's a really solid. That's a pretty one. honorable thing to say. <laughs> ha! Uh, just move, move us gosh. right in. Yeah. Talk about a segue. What a segue. I was just yeah. <laughs> silence. <laughs> I love that we were like, good segue. Just let that, and then uh, just let that breathe for a second. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
My honorable doesn't really need an introduction. Uh, I was going to change it, but I'm just going to leave it. You already mentioned it. Mortal Kombat uh, is my honorable mention. I really, really like the Mortal Kombat movie, the first one. I think it's a solid film, especially for the time it came out. Uh, we talked about a lot of the reasons why, but I think the fighting, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like the movie holds up great today, honestly, like it's not going to, yeah. but it's still fun to watch. I still enjoy it, and it still gives me the nostalgia of wanting to play Mortal Kombat again, and I think that's what it does as a great film. And also, it's hard to make, it seems like, video game adaptations. They never go well. Yeah. They just don't. Even yeah. some of the, the ones that seem like they would be the best films don't make good films and Mortal Kombat something that honestly shouldn't have been really much fun or all that interesting should have just been people fighting each other in multiple rounds it actually turned out to be really fun yeah um, and they did a really fun job with it they did for the most part they did a great job uh, the characters are all done pretty well but it's it's a fun enough movie to watch it's a movie that I've watched more than once and I you know and it deserved more than one viewing it's also a movie I could sit there and just rag on too yeah. and enjoy it <laughs> yeah. so I just think it's it's a fun film. It's definitely fun to watch with other people. It like is. if you and I sat down and watched it and just yeah. like rehashed everything. Have you seen it? No, I don't think oh, I've man. seen that one. Well, you've seen Annihilation, but you haven't. That seen... was well, that's what we had growing <laughs> up. That's the movie that my mom had growing up. So I mean, it's man, you know, man, that is a disappointment. To... You had a hard life growing up. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. I don't so, have Mortal yeah. Kombat, but I have this one. Okay, <laughs> Mortal Kombat Two. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's gotta be better. It's the second one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not gonna say anything else about that. <laughs> no, yeah. it's it's a good movie. I I'm pretty sure I own it, so I'll let you borrow it. It's I might own it too. Yeah. Uh oh it's it's fun, it's fighting, it's graphic. They do the only gripe that I have about that movie is um there's a fight with I believe it's either Sonya Blade or Liu Kang outside in the very beginning of the tournament when they're fighting and he's fighting the guy and he gets hit but then when the fight is over Shang Tsung stands up and says flawless victory and I was like no he got hit <laughs> he took damage yeah. it is not a flawless victory so they kind of like forced that in there and I was like being a fan of the games I was like that is you not were a little how that works yeah. what, what I am waiting for I, I'll just end this by saying Jim you told us about the Mortal Kombat movie coming out like, like they're yeah. working on it right <laughs> yeah. I want it to be good I don't know who's directing it that's I what know. I don't know I, I, to be I, honest I didn't look at anything more except for there's only some you. directors that I feel like could do a fun Mortal Kombat movie because I don't expect Mortal Kombat to be like riveting in any sense but like I want to watch people like get the crap beat out of them and just get demolished Ugh. so like I, it has to have a certain director on it yeah but I, I'm kind of curious to see how that turns out but I think it's worthy of an honorable mention I think it's a good film um don't know who it might not have a director yet it's also a possibility it might but, also be yeah, yeah. fake news I'm just saying, like, if it doesn't have a director, it could be fake news. But, like, I want to see someone... I want to see someone that just does fun action, like someone like well, Zack Snyder, for instance, which I, I think does fun action. James Wan is producing it, so that's promising. That's okay. interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Huh. Um, Screenwriter Greg Russo not only confirmed the rumors, yeah. will be indeed be R-rated. Yeah. It better it be R-rated. I do not need yeah. a PG-13 yeah. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so terrible. Uh... Yeah, the featured directorial debut of Simon McQuoid? McQuoid? M C Q U O I D. So we'll see. Yeah. Maybe we'll do eventually a list for it when it comes out. We'll see what yeah. happens. But five fatalities. Uh, five fatalities. So. All right. 
My yeah. uh, my honorable does not need any introduction either. It's gonna be Lord of the Rings. I put Lord of the Rings on there. I think I had it on my top somewhere, and then it dropped off because I felt like the other ones were more important to me. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's interesting that the books came out in the '50s, and they took them in the early 2000s and made them into this. So they went back and like the ball, like, hey, this hasn't been made yet. Let's do this. So it wasn't like they're trying to take something that's at the height of its popularity at the time yeah. and making a movie off of it. They did make a Hob- The Hobbit way back when, though. Yeah. That, that's an older film. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I'm sure they've done... They've I, done I know like they've an, done Lord of the Rings Hobbit, movies before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but bringing it into like the 21st century... Um, was a really interesting thing, and I think they did it well. I enjoy the, yeah. the fantasy element. It sparked and, yeah. like a love for like you know to be yeah. part of like the nerd community. Essentially, yeah. is like you know. Yeah, it also inspired a huge uprising of fantasy everything, yeah. whether yeah. it's books or movies. Or I mean, we're yeah. still in an age of where people love to read fantasy and watch fantasy. I, mean, I still love fantasy everything. I yeah, do, I, I do too. I like fantasy fantastic. too. Yeah, I know because yeah, you're a big World of Warcraft guy, yeah. so it's the same. I, you know, yeah. falls right underneath that. I bought the Lord of the Rings films a while back, and I still have, need to watch them. <laughs> yeah, I have too. watched them i've seen them but i watched them when i was a kid and i right, watched yeah. three two and one See, and I so watched... i watched them in the opposite order they're supposed to be watched in which is not i watched one three <laughs> a great way dude i don't recommend watching them that way i saw That's... one three and then two so if that makes you okay. feel any better yeah, there like, you go. yeah so yeah. um I, I saw one a long time ago and didn't know it was like three and a half hours long and started it <laughs> at like 11 o'clock at night yeah and was dying <laughs> like towards the end of it, I was like I just want this I to can't, end. yeah so I went back and I rewatched I, I remember that I remember the first Lord of the Rings movie being one of the first movies that legitimately pissed me off at the end <laughs> you know because I wanted like I was just it was one of those where I was like what like that's the end like that can't be the end like no I need no 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 like so that was that was kind of my big reaction to that one is like wanting more after that I, which we have I want to say the Hobbit is a disappointment. I don't know if it's going to be on anyone's I'm not talking about The Hobbit. Okay, fine. We won't talk about The Hobbit. We're talking about Yeah, I know, I know like, The Hobbit has gotten not I as just good as wish, reviews. I wish it would have had the director it was supposed to. I don't think Peter Jackson should have directed The Hobbit. It was supposed to have Guillermo del Toro. In yeah. fact, he worked so hard on that movie and for so long that he's still in the credits. Because they had to well, because of how much work he did for it. Yeah. If we're going to go down so, that road, I'm still waiting on Del Toro to make a Justice League Dark movie. So am I. But that's <laughs> it's a uh, conversation for, for another podcast. Yeah. 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 If we're going to go down that road, I still want Hellboy 3. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I yeah. think that's a good... I think that was definitely worth mentioning. Yeah, I mean, Because um, that is like, one of the when biggest... When you think adaptation, yeah, you, you think, yeah. you think yeah. Harry Potter, you think... Lord you think I'm surprised they didn't make it on any of our top five technically. I mean, I... I it wasn't as big for me, so that's why it wasn't for me. Yeah, I mean, I Harry Potter was way more prevalent in my growing up. Yeah, than the Star Wars. Um, yeah, so mine, my honorable mention, I think is going to be worthy of an honorable mention spot, but it's uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. No, it's not. Um, you know, but Please listen, 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 <laughs> listen. Yeah. Hear me out. Hear me out. There's a reason I put it on my honorable because it can't go any higher than that. It is worth mentioning because I, as much as it annoyed me how much they changed from the movie, in the movie from the book, it's still, I was thinking about it, whether this should be on an honorable, but I can still somehow go back and rewatch the movie and still find some enjoyment in it. Just because of my love for like the Greek mythology, I did love the books. It's, you know, I like, I, I do enjoy the movie. I don't think it was a great, I, it's not a great movie by any means. 
you know what I mean? They, again, they, like I said, they took out big stuff from the book, the, like, big story-driven stuff from the book, and they, like, took it out completely. But yet, somehow, I can still go back and rewatch the movie. And that's why I put it on my honorable mention, because of my personal enjoyment in the movie. But it can't go any higher than that, because they changed so much, and they that's fair. they took yeah, they that's, took it in a different I mean, direction that wasn't Thor great. made my Marvel list because of the Norse mythology, so I can, yeah. I, I respect so that. So that's why that's why uh, you guys you guys were moaning and groaning and making faces, but you didn't give me a chance. I mean, we're to still doing. Yeah, I still I know, do. I but do you, but do you guys at least like see? I can, yeah. yeah, see. I would rather if for myself, like if I want to see the mythology, like I'd rather watch the remake of Clash of Titans as much as I don't like it, because yeah. at least the mythology is more interesting in that one. I just didn't personally. And me, if I had thought right. about that, I probably would have put that on there. Because <laughs> I did enjoy, I did enjoy watching Clash of the Titans. I, yeah. I, I just think it's weird. They, I mean, I, I respect them taking a chance, but it's weird making them like these teenage kids in like high school. It's the same thing with like the Descendants. But that's how the book was though. But that's how the that's how yeah, the books know, are though. But the books are also teen books. Like they're I watched them yeah. in high. I, or, I sorry, I read them in high school. So like you know they're they're meant to be teen yeah. you know yeah. teen books so that's why they're teen kids going to this camp because it's supposed to be more relatable it's supposed to be this normal Junior everyday kid who yeah. discovers that he is the son of Poseidon like you know yeah. never heard that story before so what's that <laughs> it, that's just like every young adult novel that I see where they like adapt things it's always like there's this young teenage kid with friends and he learns that he has powers it's, yeah it's like that same. but uh, yeah. again my I, I have such a love for Greek mythology that like, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed reading the books and I can still somehow go back and watch the movies which yeah. is why I put it on my honorable mention that's fair, that's fair. So. I mean, honorable but it's not I want it I want it to go on record and I want it to be clear it is not a great movie <laughs> the second one is even worse and I will refuse to watch the second movie I want to make that clear <laughs> so fair enough all right uh, speaking of not a great movie yeah. let's move over to dishonorable <laughs> Wow, that was a good segue. Thank you. That was. Thank you. Nice job. All right. Uh, I get one every once in a while. <laughs> for Dishonorables this time. So we've met, talked about before how movies with the name Annihilation in them usually are not very good. <laughs> talked about Mortal Kombat before. There is a movie that, that's specifically called Annihilation, however, that as a film... With is, Amy Anderson? Or Amy... Uh, Amy. No, it's Natalie Adams. Portman. Wait, Amy it's, Adams, right? No, it's Natalie Portman. <laughs> <laughs> but it's what Natalie Portman. About? It's directed by the same guy who did Ex Machina. Uh, was it no, I'm talking about the, that other one, the other space movie. Oh, Amy I Adams. like that one. That's yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Sorry. Annihilation is based off of a book of the same name by Jeff Vandermeer. <laughs> They're not the same thing at all. They are not even remotely the same. It's not. I just don't. Why is why is Oscar Isaac becoming like a, <laughs> like a theme in every single film? Dude, I know. He's I know. becoming he's becoming quite the staple of. He basically like just plays film. like a zombie in this one too. It's not great. Uh, but I, this film, I will start off by saying this film is extremely beautiful. It's a very pretty film. It has a couple elements that are nice. Overall, I don't really like it. I don't think it's worth watching. I just think it's kind of boring. Uh, the book, however, is a really interesting thriller where you kind of don't know. Like, it's very suspenseful. It's kind of a slow-paced thriller, and it's very interesting to watch everything unfold. And you only find out what's happening at the very end, and even then you only get a glimpse of it. His movie, he even, the, the director, he even describes it as a, like, a dream of the original book because he said he only read the book once, and it was years before he wrote the script. 
That's not a great way to adapt no, something. That's not. Uh, but he said he wanted to make it like a dream. And also, this is a trilogy. He didn't read the other two books. So he also got her race incorrect, which a lot of people were, were irritated about because her race is not mentioned in the first book. It's only mentioned in the second one. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of elements. It's just, it's not, it's a terrible adaptation. I mean, even yeah. the author said that he would like people to think of this as another universe version of Annihilation because it's just not the same thing. Yeah. It's just not very interesting either. I just... There's a couple really pretty shots in it, but like, I mean, like you could frame the shots in a museum and I'd rather look at that real quick than watch like a whole movie just <laughs> yeah. to see those couple of things. I just, I didn't really like it. I just, oh, think that's it's, fair. it's I've a never... terror, and for an adaptation, it's so terrible. We've talked about you can change the book and or whatever it's adapted from and make it interesting like Jaws does that. The original thing was not with a great white. It didn't happen off the coast. Like no. it, it didn't happen remotely near that area. And it's just like, they still did a good job with it. This is just something where it didn't need to be made. It yeah. was pointless. It was just not a very good film. Yeah. Um, my dishonorable... I'm, I'm having a hard time with my dishonorable, guys, because there's not a lot of adaptations, I don't think, that I just flat out hate. Um, so I had, a, I had a movie on there that I realized that I haven't seen, but I've heard terrible things about it. It was Aragon. Huh. Okay, yeah. but That's I actually one. just changed it to Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> I um, forgot that that was made because I love the movie, but I read the book before I I watched the movie, and it's one of those things where the book was better, right? Every uh, yeah, it's and it's just it's an action movie. It's silly. It's uh, Seth Graham Smith who did Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, and um, he did World War Z, right? And uh, oh. Anything I totally thought you were going to mention this. No, I just thought you were going to mention that. Oh, so man. The worst can I change it? You can if you want. Yeah. We can talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. You want to talk yep. about it? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, officially, about it. I'm officially changing my choice to the uh, Keanu Reeves Constantine movie. <laughs> I have nothing to say about either of them. I haven't seen either <laughs> movie. Because so. it is an atrocity trash. Yeah. to the Constantine brand. Yeah. So, Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves based off the famous Hellblazer series for Vertigo and it's just not good. So, I mean, my first gripe is Constantine is a blonde British man. Yeah. Right? If you're gonna be... Yeah, if you're gonna be... Is not that. With a brown trench coat. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go into the movie and he's Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves, black hair, American with black suit. Yeah. It doesn't... It doesn't make sense. It's... Yeah. Not to mention they turn uh, one of the more interesting characters... I think, his name, I think it's Chaz that they turn into Shia LaBeouf, like some yeah. teenager driving yep. a taxi, a, basically. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf is Chaz in that movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just not good. Yeah. It's really not... A, it's not Constantine. Yeah. It's like a whole nother segment. Yeah. And you were talking about how they actually made, like, Nick Necro. Yeah, they kind of turned Nick Necro into, like, the Keanu Reeves version. Yeah. And I love that they kind of brought that over. Yeah. And so they might as well call the movie now Necro, because I think that'd be better. That'd be cool. That'd yeah. be really cool. I'd watch it now. But... It's not very good. I thought that was gonna be your. He's got like gu he's got like guns, like religious guns yeah. and stuff that he shoots and stuff, which is really weird. And he they made like a video game bullets. based off of it. Did you know that? They made a video game. Yeah, there's like I a PlayStation game, game. Oh my god, where he runs around and like shoots demons and stuff, and it's really yeah, it's. Oh man, yeah. yeah, it's not it's not good. I know there are people out there that like it. I know that you guys have not read the comics because there's no way you have if you like it. And <laughs> It's just, it's not good. It's just really not an interesting film. Yeah. But yeah, like using holy bullets and stuff too. And like, yeah. I think he uses a holy grenade launcher at one point. It's like, they might as well just hired Arnie for it. Yeah. And just done. <laughs> like, I would rather yeah. watch that. 
But yeah, sorry, sorry for messing up my yeah. dishonorable. I'm, I'm glad we got through that. Yeah. <laughs> I just was surprised that wasn't like your pick. Yeah. Because I was, I was actually thinking about putting it on mine, but I had to mention. So that I mean, there's too many that I could have picked. I could have gone with the Ninja Turtle movie where they go to ancient Japan, which is just that is awful. a great film. Whatever. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Anyways, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna send it right over to It's Jim more fun than the new Ninja Turtle movie. <laughs> That's fair. Alright, so, I mean, as soon as we talked about doing this list, I immediately knew which movie was gonna go on my dishonorable mention list, and that's gonna be The Last Airbender. That one, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm going there. <laughs> yep, yep, I had to do it. I had to do it. That There was no other pick for me. I was actually surprised that, uh, maybe you guys just forgot about it, or from what it sounded like, but oh, yeah. like... You I actually know. haven't seen it. Uh, don't, don't, <laughs> don't bother. Yeah, don't even bother. Most movies, I would say, even still watch. Was it that Shyamalan? Yes, yeah. yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, it made for me, honestly, that made me lose all credibility. Like, or made him lose all credibility to me. You know what I mean? Because I mean, like, it's I such a bad seen... movie. You could have lost all credibility too. Like, yeah, just, right. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> yeah, it was just it, it's a it's a bad movie, and he should feel bad. Uh, yeah, he should. <laughs> Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Because <laughs> <laughs> the series is such a good series. You know, I brought in, um, uh, I brought in a couple characters from, uh, just, yeah, yeah a character on my like, you know, my uh, Nicktoons character list. Yeah, yeah. you know, because it was such a good, and we talked about how good of a series, how good of a character development, like how amazing everything was. This movie ruined all of that. You know, <laughs> like it, it, like not only did they, it's another example of like changing the race. And it not being correct, but it also being bad. Yeah. I So I, I have not watched the full movie. I've watched about 20 minutes worth of it, much to the yelling of my girlfriend for me to turn it off because it's so bad and she loves the original series. Yeah. And I was watching it and just watching the awkwardness of them obviously not pulling up any rocks on screen. And like, you know it's CG'd anyway, but like watching yeah. how bad it looks, like they're throwing rocks in slow motion and people stand there and get hit. Like, it looks nothing like what the cartoon looks like. We're like, they're just yeah. chucking them really, really fast. Yeah, it's no, so it's bad. They did, they did so such bad. a terrible job. And they even, like, uh, they even lost the namesake, too, because Avatar came out before that, James Cameron's Avatar. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. they had to even change yeah. the name of The Last Airbender, which isn't directly his fault, but it just adds to, like, the horrific like nature of the movie M. Night should not have been the one to make that film no, there, no. there are a host of other directors yeah, they, that could, could have been very good because it was it could have been a very good movie but it wasn't it I, was awful it kind of, the acting was bad it kind of blows my mind that like they had Shyamalan write and direct it that's part and, of the reason why he yeah. lost all credibility and they didn't to me. get like the writers of these series to come in and yeah. That doesn't make any sense. To now me. there were talk, there was talks of them making a movie, um, like a Netflix movie, for it, and bringing on the writers. That's just that they were going to bring on yeah. the writers of the actual TV series. But I think everyone's so scared yeah. for it now because of how bad this movie did. I think I don't think Airbender should be a movie. I think it should be a live action TV series. I mean, that's yeah. the only way you can do it yeah. any justice, unless you just want to tell one part of the I was story. Like, well, we've already seen you the can do. cartoon. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, is like you can do another universe version of it, but yeah. it, it also like that reminds me another one that almost made my dishonorable list. So it's between Annihilation and uh, Dragon Ball, the movie. I thought about that one too. <laughs> I almost put Dragon Ball Evolution on there. Similar thing. Yeah. Though I will say, at least Avatar, 
looks like the cartoon in yeah. a way, whereas Dragon Somewhat, Ball looks yeah. nothing yeah, like no. the cartoon. Yeah. But I mean, like, uh, just Avatar just or the Last Airbender just did so much worse. It was just there was so much that was just so bad about it's it. Terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's so a good way to end the Dishonorables because it's it's so um, bad. yeah it's terrible. I, it's god-awful. like we talked about in I'm trying to find out what episode number it was because we're at that point where I don't remember what episodes we've done. <laughs> Um, it was episode number nine was the Nicktoons Cartoon Network yeah. episode. Um, I mentioned that I've never seen Avatar, the yeah. show, yeah. Uh, or Korra, or any of that stuff. But I've seen Dragon Prince, which is the same yeah. writers yeah. and the same, uh, I don't know if the same universe, but the same you know art style yeah, and all yeah. stuff. Um, but, I don't know, it leads me to believe there's hope. Like, especially if the writers are attached. Like, because Dragon Prince is really good. Yeah. And from what you guys say, Korra's really good. Avatar's really good. Korra was um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Avatar was definitely way better. Better. Well, both of those are yeah. better than the movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Everything um, is better than that movie. Know, I just don't understand why if someone wrote something, why you would take it. But that's why I'm not... I mean, that's this. literally I mean, what our whole list is. Yeah. Like, we're taking adaptations yeah. of like books, so like, you know, which don't yeah. feature just, the Just to like compare it, since you know about Mortal Kombat, it's the same thing that Annihilation was to Mortal Kombat. Like, it honestly is. It's just as bad. Yeah. I mean, it's just terrible. Yeah. And it, M. Night's career still has never really fully recovered. Why did I not choose movies. Annihilation as my dishonorable? Because you had Constantine as your dishonorable. I know, and but... And we've had Annihilation as our dishonorable. I know, but it's like every dishonorable. <laughs> Find some way uh, to put it on every single dishonorable. Just yeah. like the Batman thing. You just have dishonorable. I didn't put it on this list or the last list. I know. Yeah, I could have. Which is fine. But I didn't. There's a heist at the beginning of Dark Knight. It's not important. It's a heist. Oh, man. And on that note... Yes. We are going to bid you adieu. Uh, this has... Yeah. I don't know. I had a I had a brain fart for a second. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for sticking with us for this episode. This has been our top five film adaptations. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at list this podcast. My name is Josh, and you can find me on Twitter at Jaws Expert. My name is Cameron. You can find me on Instagram as that Cameron Guy twenty two. And I'm Jim. You can find me on Twitter at Hold Majimbles. Thanks again, and this has been List This, where we list and you listen. See you next time. Thanks, guys. See you later.